0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play
1: for free right
0: now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void required prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 396. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my co-host in the office, in the podcast room, John White. John, welcome back.
2: Hey, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm on an every other cadence right now.
1: Yeah, we, you know, that's good enough for me. We like it. <laughs> it's always great uh, on the show today. We're going to going to be talking about Workstation Pro and Fusion Pro. We have a tech preview out in the studio. We have uh, product line manager Michael Roy. Mike, thanks for being in the in the studio. Well, thanks, Eric. Pleasure to be here.
0: Again, on a different side of the coin this time. Last time I was on this was with John.
1: We did the VCloud Air at the time, so it's been a while. Yeah, well, that answers my one question. You ever been on the podcast before? The answer is absolutely yes. So. Yeah, when we were we were launching VCloud Air a couple
0: years ago, I was uh, I've been on that I was on that team in 2012, so we uh, we did a ton of uh, evangelism and outbound stuff. It was really fun.
1: Yeah, it, it's good. We were peaking at around 4,000 per week now on the downloads, so happy about that. We're also on SoundCloud now, which I just heard Mike go out of business, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, no. they have financing for the rest of the, the rest Word. of the year. <laughs> but we're all we're, we're on TalkShoe and iTunes, so we're healthy here. So thanks for being here. Don't have much news, so we'll probably jump into the show pretty quickly. The only thing that I have is Schedule Builder did go live yesterday. So uh, if you if you've missed that, definitely get in and book your schedule for VMWorld. Uh, it has been live things are filling up and Katie Bradley I know you're on the on the call and there are now about 100 tech sessions for V Brownbag out there and many of them are starting to book up I know that we looked at numbers yesterday evening and there were a handful that already had the 50 seats filled is that right
0: Yeah so yesterday afternoon we took a look in 15 were already in at max capacity for the VMTN Tech Talk so Get on schedule builder and register for those sessions because they're, they're going quick.
1: Yep, and we have fifty seats designated, and then you know you can look and if you don't make it into those fifty seats, it is in the uh, VM10 community hang space, so or in the village, so you should you should be able to drop by. There'll probably be standing room extra there as well. All
2: right, you, you might not be sitting in one of the designated seats, but at least you can hang,
1: right? That's right, and 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 hear it. We we will have everything speakers, and also V. Brownbag does do them streaming online, too, so if you're not going to be at the show, uh, you can go in and uh, take a look at the calendar, I think, without having registered for VMworld and see when things are going to be running, and then you can catch the live streams at the same time, so that's good. Uh, With us, as well, we have on the call uh, Corey Romero, who runs the VExpert program, as always. Corey, uh, nice to hear your voice again. Yeah, hey, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so I know Great that the, uh, the expert the expert nominations got closed. So a new crop have been entered. If you had not made it, uh, you're probably too late. You're going to have to wait until till December again. But uh, you guys are doing what with those now? Are you processing those for announcement yeah, before VMware? Yeah, yeah. We just
0: started to process those. We're uh, we're now processing. We're in voting phase. So. Um, All the results are going to go off to the different teams to be looked at and uh, and voted on and uh, we'll have those results back uh, before VMworld
1: Great excellent Thanks for doing that work. So um, If you haven't scheduled for VMTN uh, you want to go look at some of those tech talks Katie all of the ID's start with VMTN So it's not hard to find all the tech talks by just sorting on VMTN, right?
2: Yeah,
0: or filtering by session type. So our session type is VMTN tech uh, talk brown bag something search B you'll find
1: it yep you'll find all of them they're there so fantastic all right well we'll get on with the show then so michael roy uh thanks for coming in uh product line, product line marketing manager and uh this week i think yesterday you went live with uh, tech previews of Workstation Pro and Fusion Pro uh, on communities. Uh, are those open to everyone? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we
0: launched them yesterday They are open to everybody if you go on over to the fusion or workstation communities at the very top There's like an announcement with the link to the beta community um, it's quote beta, but it's, it's actually tech previews not the typical kind of beta program that we do at VMware,
1: but the um,
0: but, yeah, it's totally open. You know, you can blog about it, talk about it, do all that jazz. Uh, we, we prefer folks to keep the discussion in the beta community just so we have it all in one place.
1: Right, okay. But, yeah, we're
0: very excited about it. A lot of really great new features, and uh, so far reception's been pretty right.
1: good. So there's no limit to how many people can join. It's just, right. you know, if you're hearing about it, you can go join that. And then do you get the bits, and do you get a kind of a temporary license or some amount of t- time to enjoy the product? Exactly right. So there's a, the link to the binaries. The builds are actually in the community itself. So once you go in there...
0: It has a license key embedded in the product, both of them. So mm-hmm. that uh, will take it to basically to, to December because it's enough time to kind of get the feedback and, you know.
1: Right. So this is a service that everybody can do for us by taking the products, you get to use them, but at the same time, then we're looking for feedback on things. So before we get into the program and get into the features that uh, you want to talk about, sure. uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been at VMware? What have you been doing at VMware through your history? And, and what else you want to tell us? For people that run into, run into you at VMworld, uh, it's a community podcast, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, thanks. Um,
0: so yeah, I've been with VMware since 2009. Uh, this is I just passed my eighth year anniversary and waiting on my queue. Um, Congrats. I'm, holy moly. Um, the, the, big, the big queue. Exciting. Um, so yeah, I've been, uh, I actually started my career uh, in support. Uh, I came from Apple. I, I ran the, uh, the tier two tech support group at, at Apple, and when I lived in Canada, I am a Canadian citizen. Hey. Uh, yeah, these are A. Hey. Don't hide my accent pretty good there, you know, but uh, sometimes it shows. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> nice. Um, California's acclimated me pretty well. But, yeah, so um, I started uh, in support. I ran this, I got hired originally to, to, to launch the Fusion and Workstation support team. This was around we, – we had just finished launching Fusion 2 when we created the team. So it's been a while. So uh, I've been with the products basically since then. Um, I took a stint away from, you know, what we call personal desktop, uh, and I did enterprise support. So I supported applications like basically all the vRealize suite, what it was before it became vRealize, you know. Okay. And um, after that, I ended up moving into marketing um, for uh, for cloud. So I did product marketing for vCloud Air. Uh, before it was vCloud Air, so I, I managed our hybrid cloud kind of uh, technology. Sure,
1: right. Um, yep.
0: You know, I'm a, I'm a cloudy guy. I'm a former network or system administrator for, for Data Center in Toronto, so I love getting into the thick of it, right? So it was it was really fun to kind of get into some of the really, really crazy technical issues with gigantic data center deployments and rollouts of this stuff. Um, so then I ended up doing yes, yeah, so I did support, and then I ended up doing marketing for those products. Sure. And yep. then uh, from there, uh, I did technical marketing. And the, taking the technical marketing role was what allowed me to move to Palo Alto, to California. Um, you know, it was hard to do that remotely when I was out in
1: We had ga- guest last week that almost followed the same exact... Mm-hmm. He came from India, did support... I forget his name already, Sonny, um, that's right, and uh, big blogger, but then came in from support, ended up doing tech support, then ended up doing product line management.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's been a really nice journey, and I mean, VMware's been really great at supporting career development and upward mobility, and you know, we, when I was coming along, we did a career blog on kind of the story, which is really nice for them to say, like, hey, yeah very interesting story, let's, let's share that to give other folks, you know, uh, to let them know that there is an avenue. Right. Um, that, that they can go down. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a heck of a journey. Uh, I took the Fusion and Workstation role in about 2015, mid 2015. So I actually launched Fusion 8, Workstation 12, and then we did 12.5, 8.5.
1: It's been a little bit bouncy in that in that some of the engineering moved over overseas and so yeah. we had some of the some of the noise that came through the system but in a, in a sense that's calmed down now and now we're just business as usual on the product
0: yeah, pretty much you know like it's not uncommon for you know develop for mature products to have development resources shif- shuffled around we've had our QA over in our Beijing office uh, for a lot of years already so it just kind of made sense to, to put everything in one uh, one place. And the other thing is that it's only the UI team that's over there. Mm-hmm. So the way that our product is built, it's actually very interesting. Um, you know, if we go back a bunch of years, Workstation was originally known as simply VMware 1.0 for Linux. Uh, and our products have evolved from the very first product that we as a company have. I remember
1: again. those days I worked at Sun, and we, we got yeah. the VMware first instance, and it was basically that, <laughs> VMware for Linux. It exactly. sat on top of the, uh, the OS and allowed you to run other OSs. Right? We, we have
0: a box in the office that's like a, a, a legend. It's like 1.0 still shrink that. Like, Holy cow. Right? That's the yeah, thing. right. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we, what we do is every year we take the vSphere platform, the work that the guys do over at the hypervisor on the, what we call the monitor team, the platform team, um, they build the core components. And what we do is we port that and we turn that into our type 2 hypervisors that it runs on Mac, Windows, and Linux. And then we add the UI on top of that. So every year what we do is you know we really get to take advantage of all the stuff that they build in the vSphere, um, and then we get to put our kind of nice
1: taste around that. And it took a little while to get to that process. It wasn't oh, yeah. so clean. In it. the early days, right? It, it was basically a different source base, different process. You, you know, then you had merging and dealing with it. But now they actually have that process where they, they, they take the the hypervisor core technology, and then everything is built on top of that and waterfalls into workstation fusion.
0: And it was more difficult before. But what we've done is, like for example, uh, we have a more of a unified code base now than we did before. Like for example, you know, so when I said the first product was workstation, technically it was player. Uh, it was that simple. It really only ran one VM and it only did one thing. So um, we actually took Player and Workstation Pro and we combined those into a single binary. So we have a unified code that, like, based on the license key, it will, you know, give you the version that you want. Uh, and they kind of come come together as a package. Uh, with Mac, it's a little tricky because the build process is totally different, and you know, Mac and it's just a whole right. of beast.
1: So now you've been uh, product managing, uh, and you're doing both of those, right?
0: Yeah, so. I am. So you know, we have a product manager in our Beijing office, but I'm sort of the liaison between them and the development team here. So we have like several hundred engineers here that are building code for us uh, in addition to vSphere. So I I help drive what our roadmap looks like, what features we want to have. I track it all all along the way and if any funny decisions come up or we need to you know make a decision on one direction or another i'm usually the guy that kind of has
1: to make yeah, that call make that call right uh in it, it's a tumultuous time in the desktop space at the same time where we've had microsoft doing versions of, of windows that nobody likes right <laughs> and we have mac that's doing versions of Macs, which you know some people a lot of people like but it, it, it's interesting to follow the 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 work that's required to you know keep up on top of those os's and see where that's going then you have mobility falling into that but I feel like the desktop world is swinging back into popularity again. I'm not, not sure. what is. it is No, I think it is. Um,
0: I think what's happening is developers are getting more empowered. You know, the tools to
1: build software
0: are becoming more ubiquitous, more 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 widespread, and they're easier to use than they've ever been before. And everything talks to itself now, and talks to everything else on the back end. And that's a really key thing. You know, like I mean, if you look at a couple of years ago, we had you know the web. We call it the web 1.0. Like HTTP exists. Web 2.0, everything is rich and JavaScript-y and, you know, it's all about right. the experience. Web 3.0, to me, has always been about the, the amalgamation and the back-end talking of all these services. So what you're seeing is applications are kind of adopting that. It's all about APIs and, and programs talking to programs on the back-end right. and leveraging the work that each other has done so we don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. And that just makes developers, you know, anybody can download a couple of bits of source code, connect it to a whole bunch of other projects, and then, bam, you've got yeah, You that have an application, right, yeah, of...
1: because everything's APIs, right, mm-hmm. and services, yeah. yeah. So so that's where you're at now, or that's where, you, where what, the job you're doing, right? right? Uh, tell us a little bit about the tech previews as there. W- which one do we want to talk about first, Fusion or a Workstation, or how do you uh, want to well, approach that? Well, we can talk this? about Workstation first. Okay. Um, it's We didn't do, so, you know, back to your earlier point
0: um, on... There's a lot of work that goes into just, you know, updating and making sure that we support the latest and greatest, you know. It's, uh, it's always this cat and mouse sort of a game, you know, Microsoft and, and Linux, and we'll introduce a feature, and we have to kind of respond to that. And, you know, there's always this back and forth that we sort of have. Uh, so in the same vein, you know, we're, we're making sure that we added support for the latest versions of Windows 10, the creators update that's coming down this fall. Um, as well as, like, some of the newer, more obscure things that most, like, home users kind of don't care about. But if you're uh, working in an enterprise, they're going to be a big deal. And these are things like uh, Credential Guard and Virtualization-Based Security and uh, Secure Boot, you'll put through the EFI, um, you know, the underlying uh, hardware platform. So it's uh, just getting to support those is an immense amount of engineering work. And some of the work right. is in the house. For example, if we take the case of, like, the Credential Guard, um, that what that does is it actually... It's a part of the VBS, the virtualization-based security that Microsoft is pushing. And what it does is it basically loads Hyper-V on the hardware. So you boot your PC, your laptop, and it's Hyper-V boots. And then it loads the Windows OS itself. Now, Hyper-V doesn't support nested virtualization. So we actually can't run if you're using this mode on the host because it won't let you run another hypervisor on top of that. That's just a thing that we're working with Microsoft to kind of solve. But we did make a lot of work to support that feature in the guest because we've always supported nested hypervisors um, to a varying degree. You know, where the, it was thorny back in the day, but now everything's, you know, it's a, it's a supported use case that we, we put engineering resources behind. So you can run Credential Guard VMs, VBS based uh, VMs, um, and have those running inside a workstation on a Windows or Linux host. Uh, and that's that was one of the, the bigger features. And that's really just so that enterprises who use. Some of this technology have a way to kind of maintain their compliance, right? Like yeah, I,
1: compliance is a huge thing for enterprises these days. It's striking. I I, I always think of workstation and my own use case where I, I load it on and then I run multiple VMs mm-hmm. because I have different OSs I want to run. But then when you're in the enterprise, right? Like this whole security, you know, deployment where you're you're running large number of desktops, you have to be secure uh, is this is this kind of an, I know when we start looking at vSphere and security 6.5 and all the encryption that we have are, are you guys pendulum swinging into that space because of the enterprise
0: yeah definitely um, you know again we take advantage of the, the technology that we're building on the vSphere platform and obviously the vSphere platform has a vested interest in making sure that these things are going to run as guest operating systems right so that's 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 part of it is that we get to kind of build on top of that but as a use case you know there's a lot of new security-related discussions and situations and issues that are coming up these days, you know, ransomware, um, a lot of these rootkit-enabled things that can get into the back end and encrypt your data and, like, hijack it and and do a lot of really nasty stuff. And that seems to only be increasing, right? So what we did was we published a blog a little while ago, and and it's just a way of using the same technology with, like, a bit of a different use case. So you can, for example load up a privacy or security based virtual machine, put a link on your desktop, and then you know, you're you're very safe if you do your work in there. It's it's near impossible to jump out of the host or out of the guest into the host. I say near impossible because software, but we had a the pwn to own hacking competition that went down earlier this year and someone did a, an escape. They were able to run it was like a, a six or seven chained exploit all zero all all post zero day, like they're out available in, the, in the world right. and they've all been patched since then. So it's kind of it's it's incredibly difficult to break out of the guess so if you run a secure environment inside of a virtual machine even if you're doing something like there's some really new things out there like tails is an Linux based OS that is exclusively focused on privacy um, there's cubes which is a very interesting Linux OS that actually runs every app as a virtual machine inside of it so if you if Firefox gets hacked it can't touch anything else on the on the, the VM itself so we've been kind of promoting that as a way that you can maintain your security while doing the things that you want to do, which is right. run that Flash plugin that is buggy and <laughs> vulnerable and whatnot, and do that in a secure way. So we don't really need to add new functionality, other than you know, of course, supporting all the latest and greatest. But you know, it's amazing when you just use the existing technology in a different use case, the different benefits and value you can get out of it.
2: Okay, it's really interesting. I, I think that um, I've gotten a little bit away from using uh, Workstation in my day-to-day work. But back in the day a really big use case for me was running multiple uh, operating systems on my desktop for the very specific uh, you know case of you know somebody sends me something that hey you know we want you to try this uh, this this new product it's like well I'm not going to try that in my in my regular desktop and, and in fact maybe my regular desktop should be a VM uh, just running in my in my actual base operating system so it's portable so I can back it up easily so I can Move it around, um, you know. Save it, you know. Snapshot, snapshot, rollback. Absolutely, all those things, and 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 really all the power that we come have come to expect from from VSphere as a hypervisor. You know, why can't why can't we and why haven't we started, um, you know, having that be the baseline of what we do on our desktop? So it's, it's you know, you're talking about these features, and and it's just fascinating to me. I'm like, wait a minute. I used to do all the, all these things. Why did I ever stop? You know, so very interesting. Also, I think really interesting to hear from me um, that, that your uh, products are downstream of vSphere. I don't think I knew that. I think that I thought that it was a like a separate um, uh, development, you know, path that, uh, that has been in existence since, you know, uh, VMware for Linux. But, you know, come to find out, you know, I'm, I'm way off base on that. that. That's really good to know.
0: It's really handy because whenever there's a corporate initiative that we want to also ride on, then, you know, the, all that engineering work happens by the geniuses over here in Palo Alto who who put it all together and then our job is to like put the UI on it make sure it's going to work in our environment, bug test, it, QA, and all that stuff. Kind of
1: right. And it's, so in the tech view, v- preview, we've talked a little about, about security. Other things you want to hi- uh, highlight?
0: Yeah, so, um, You know, on that same note that we were talking, we actually are deploying uh, the the newer version of the hardware platform. Um, So we actually will take vSphere's virtual hardware platform a bunch of months before they actually do. So effectively, when we GA, even as we're doing right now, as we're testing, we're kind of beta testing vSphere itself. Mm. So, you know, bugs that we find that hit, you know, certain areas in workstation are actually vSphere bugs that we fix before we roll it up into the enterprise, Uh, which, you know, definitely is a back-and-forth thing where, we give them better feedback they build better code they give us better code that we then get better feedback on it's this great kind of back and forth um as far as what other features that we've got going on you know we, we Workstation. A lot of our focus, I will say, was on diffusion this year. Right? Okay, like, workstation is very mature.
1: I, I, I do have a follow-up question with regards to the last about a year or two ago. We had somebody on to talk about uh, where workstation was going, and what I found interesting was the deployment of VMs and connecting back into the cloud to pull down VMs. And I think that was relatively new. I'm not. I'm not sure. It was a year and a half ago. I'm trying to remember. No, just right. wondering, like, how has that progressed? People using that, I know it was pretty new at the time when we talked about that, so you can talk a little bit about how that sure. moved forward. So what
0: we did, you know, and this was, this was part of my initiative actually when I was on the vCloud Air team, where we wanted to, I saw the opportunity of a whole several million users on our personal desktop products that everybody's naturally going to cloud, right? If we're right. already using these virtual machines, we as a company want to do cloud, let's Put the two together. So we added the connectivity to Cloud Air features inside of uh, Workstation, and then later on we did that into Fusion, and we did that with Fusion Eight and Workstation Eleven. I think those were the versions that we did those. I don't okay. Call. It was about a year. Ago. I was on the. I was yeah. just kind of yeah. finishing off on the right. Cloud team when we did that, and um, so it was it was well received. But since then, you know, we've as a company we've deprioritized the Cloud Air. We sold sure. it off to OVA yep. over in right. France, and they're doing right. some really great stuff with it. So uh, we haven't had interest in... Let's doing say, that at
1: the, at the AWS level yet?
0: Well, so we're doing some very interesting things with AWS right okay. now as a company, right? So basically from the workstation infusion team perspective, we're kind of just like sitting and waiting and letting that stuff get a little more mature. And our goal, of course, is, you know, from the desktop to the data center to the cloud, the same VMware, the same VMware that you know, where you're running an API command, you're clicking buttons around the UI, you're transferring right. VMs, you're connecting to remote environments, it's the same VMware across all these endpoints, right? And that's really what our goal is. So just right now, we're having a bit of a of a hiccup because there's no cloud Air in, in in our market. We don't, you know, we don't have a, a the cloud solution uh, that we want to get behind just yet. But we're getting there. Like we made some pretty cool announcements with running VMware stack on AWS, uh, which is.
1: Yeah, Seriously, sure. it's right. amazing, right.
0: interesting stuff. So, so okay,
1: so I asked the question of a thing that no one's doing anymore, right? Because <laughs> but you haven't made it over to any other public cloud yet, and we're not in the big cloud air business anymore. So. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. The other interesting thing that I found with workstation was just you know the ability to move VMs from a vSphere environment, you know, and it would actually run, right? That you can actually pull a VM, put it on a workstation, and something that was running over there could run over here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And
0: that always—that was the goal, and it didn't always work right. You know, like the OVA uh, file path, the the open virtualization right. archive format, um, certain virtual machines in the data center have different requirements than when they're running on a desktop, right? So right. sometimes things break. So what we did on in that vein is, you know, we picked, okay, what's our, our primary use case for interoperability that we want to make sure every time someone does it is going to work 100% of the time? And where we started with that, with this tech preview, is uh, around the v cloud, or sorry, the vCenter server appliance. Uh, so the VCSA, you can actually download it, put it into the Workstation and Fusion, and it will ask you do you want to have the small, medium, large, extra large, triple X large, fries with that, whatever, whatever configuration you got in the UI built in, and it's all going to work without having to go and hack uh, the OVA metadata right. and things like that. So it's really just like drop it in, bam, you've got vSphere, and it runs. Okay.
2: So how about for developers who are developing against uh, um, an NSX environment? Um, is there an, has there been an appetite or a request to be able to, to extend uh, network virtualization and micro-segmentation into the workstation infusion, I guess the entire desktop family?
0: Sure. Um, it's something that we're very interested in. Uh, it's a little tricky just because of the complexity of NSX. I mean, it's a huge, it's a giant piece of technology, right? And it right. has a lot of very strict dependencies with vSphere. Um, and as well, like kind of the construct of what happens in the data center versus what happens on the desktop is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to see, and what we're kind of marching towards, is things like, hey, I've got this VM, I'm connected to an ESX machine or a vSphere environment, what have you. I want this VM to be on this this uh, this virtual network layer, right? This this deal with, like the NSX segmented network, right? right. Whatever it is, um, like the overlay networks, uh, you know. So. I could be on my corporate network, but then have my VM that is actually on this VM network that's touching in the back end. Um so there's a few things areas that we think are like definitely that we can get to. Um but I think we really just need to think about what the customers where where the value is going to be for for the end users, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. and I think I was thinking more along the lines of somebody who's, you know, a dev who or you know a QA or PE person who's Taking ownership of a VM and instead of running it on vSphere, deciding to run it on their desktop. But if they don't have the underlying structures of, of network, or, you know, or overlay and underlay network, then um, then it's not the same thing as uh, doing that QA QE process like on the actual uh, production box.
0: Yeah, but we are doing some things that that kind of help that use case. You know, at least in, in especially in the case of testing and whatnot. So, for example. Uh, we added things like uh, packet loss and networks, network latency simulator into the current build, which is neat because, you know, you might not be on the same network, but what you really want to test isn't necessarily does it work on this network, but, like, this network has these characteristics. Am I, I going to be able to work around those those
2: that,
0: that environment requirement? And maybe those characteristics are it's, you know, I'm over in, you know, San Francisco, and the data center is over in Dallas, what type of latency can I expect? What type of packet loss can I expect? Is my application going to continue to run like that? And now we can simulate that all I, on, the rate on the desktop.
2: I found that very exciting. I saw that on the feature list and I was really excited that just the, the like synthetic degradation or, mm. you know, something along those lines, right? To be able to, to simulate, you know, a, a specific uh, case of, you know, either a really laggy connection or like a degraded connection or, you know, because th- that's exactly what people want to test, right? They want to test, two VMs talking to each other in a specific specific case. And the specific case is rarely they're running in the same memory space. <laughs> right? Totally.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, even our internal teams have been using that feature. You know, I mentioned it over to our Horizon guys as we were uh, building up both the, the, the new the desktop as a service stuff that we're doing in the cloud, but also the, uh, like, the on-prem Horizon View stuff. Where you know when you have latency and, and distance between your VSphere environment and your broker, uh, your endpoint brokers, they they can cause problems if there's a lot of latency and network network traffic loss. So uh, having that being able to just to run the client in a VM and then say, okay, give me you know 100 milliseconds or give me 300 milliseconds of latency and 10% packet loss. How does this YouTube video play in my VM? Right. And so our QA guys have been leveraging that feature pretty pretty heavily the past couple of weeks and see you know have showed up in the truth. Very nice. Which is awesome. The
2: idea you know, our own champagne and stuff. This might be a a, a sidetrack conversation, but what what is the relationship between the desktop team and uh, like a product like Horizon Flex? Hmm. Um, My entry to VMware was a product, I mean, again, this is years ago, called Ace. Oh, Ace. Right? Little Ace. Which was, I mean, yeah, functionally it was player with a... um, um, I would say, yeah, an encryption layer and, uh, and, and and a secure sign-on layer. Yeah, and
0: some restrictions. Right. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the evolution of that is exactly Flex. So I, I also own the Flex product. as Oh, okay. Um, incidentally, you have to talk about that guy there. Um, so Flex is very interesting because basically it takes that concept of a secure desktop and the whole idea of management of a desktop that you would do remotely in the case of Vue, but it's offline. Right. So, the idea is you know, I'm on a boat somewhere, but I need to have this VM that is locked down. It's not going to be talking back home. I'm not going to be streaming the desktop. So, you can think of it as like VDI, but instead of streaming the desktop over the wire, you're just streaming the policy. Right? So, it's a tiny amount of data that goes back and forth. Um, but it's handy because a contractor can grab a copy of Player or Fusion Pro, put in the license key for Flex, connect to the Flex server, which is just an endpoint URL and then get the inventory of all the VMs that that user is entitled to. So on the Flex server you can say, hey, this contractor, um, I'm going to give them access to my Gold Master Windows Server, my Ubuntu template, and this other random custom build that we have. Um, And the end user then gets a list of all those VMs, click the button, download it, and that VM has the policy wrapped around it. And those policies are, you know, there's about 70
2: controls or so.
0: So they can do things like disable drag and drop, disable USB devices, encrypt the VM, destroy the VM after two weeks, um, only with the VM be powered on for a certain number of hours. Like there's a whole ton of obscure controls that um that really matter to to lock things down for that use case. But um but yeah, it's a neat technology. Um there's, there's we're we're are gonna be releasing stuff later this year on that as well.
2: Okay, exciting. I'm I'm excited that there's a spiritual successor that it's being maintained mm-hmm. and that there's a use case. Ace is very popular.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was a shame that uh, it had to go the way that it did.
1: Okay. It would only be fair if we we transitioned here uh, to Fusion for a yeah. little bit just to talk because I know there's a couple questions on chat with yeah. regard to Fusion as well. So. Fusion's where my heart is. So yeah. I'm cool. There. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so talk to us about yeah, Fusion. What's What's new there? Uh, how's that going? Uh, Steve Jobs is dead, but you know we still still love Mac anyway. Lovely.
0: Steve Jobs is dead.
1: Long live Steve Jobs. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say I'm I'm really
0: excited about this release. You know, like we had last year, like you mentioned the, the shuffle around and that resource changing allowed us to take a year and kind of really think about what we wanted to do. Right? We, uh that's why we released a five. to give this a free update. We made sure to support all the latest and greatest operating systems, and we gave that to all of our existing users for free. So we're, we're really excited because from what I've been seeing in the features that we've got listed, this is going to be one of the biggest releases that we will have ever had um, as far as new feature adoption and, and changing of the market direction. You know, previously, Fusion, when Fusion was created, it was, well, I need to run this one app. I need my QuickBooks. I need right. Internet Explorer 6 sure. and whatever. And that was it. And that, that is very much going away. Everything is cloud. Everything is a web page. Platform, Ubiquity is kind of across the board now. Apps are for everything. It doesn't matter. So really, where we're focusing our value is around, you know, the builders, the professionals, folks who do this in, you know, in for a career, for their lives, right? So. You know, we added a lot of features for developers, and we added some more features for IT professionals. So if you're an IT guy, uh, we added more of VSphere control, so you can control ESX post operations now. So you can oh, power, on, power off yeah. hosts, yeah. and All you right. can even put a host in maintenance mode, mm. which is cool. So you just, you know, one less reason to open up the, that's, the, the that's VSphere. That's brilliant. Design, right? I,
1: I never even thought of that as a, as, a, as a feature or a benefit to users, right? Like, mm-hmm. do, some, do some integration into VSphere. Right? We yeah.
0: do that a lot, and that's, you know, one of the bigger features and one of the reasons that folks would upgrade to the Pro version, because um, Pro can do things that the standard one can't, like Pro can do networking control, um, it has uh, cloning, for example, um, you know, and things like that. So, you know, the idea is if you're a professional and you work with VMware, I mean, obviously uh, Fusion's going to be the right the right tool for you, because it's the same as Workstation in terms of the portability and ubiquity of, of the hardware platform, right? right. Um, the one thing that I'm personally most excited about with this release um, is our new API. Um, you know I mentioned earlier like kind of this whole web 3.0 world that we live in now where all of these services are talking to each other on the back end via you know you know code to code API to API sort of communication So right. sure it, it's really where the longevity and value that developers are getting these days, which is if my tool doesn't talk to other tools, it's useless right unless it does this one little thing which doesn't need to talk to tools, then okay fine but otherwise integration is becoming more and more important. So we added this RESTful API um, this year, which we derived from a, a project that we did uh, called App Catalyst. So we did this like developer-oriented uh, the headless hypervisor that only ran on Mac and only ran Linux VMs, and basically was just like an API uh, front end to our hypervisor. So we took that, and we spent the year bringing that into the Fusion code base so that it's now actually a part of the Fusion product. So it's handy because you can send a request over HTTP. It's very standard. For folks who, who know how, how this stuff works, it's built using a Swagger interface, which is super awesome because you can go to the local host to the port, which is 8697, and you get a whole list of every single command that you can do and like a try it button so you know exactly how, uh, how to send a response and what type of response that you would get back. Uh, which makes it really easy for folks to get up and start running with it really quickly.
2: So self-documenting and kind extra exactly. sandbox. Yeah. Huh? Alan
0: Renouf must just be happy. Oh, we had right. a meeting yesterday. Yeah. He's tickled. Yeah, uh, we're very excited. So and and further, you know, what's really interesting is when we started this project, uh, VMware hadn't quite figured out what the unified API strategy was going to be. Right. But Alan has been driving that very heavily, and now I think we have a very good idea of. How we want to have this experience of I'm a developer, I write some code, some integration stuff, talks to API, and I'm pointing it at Fusion right now. But tomorrow I'm going to point it at vSphere, and it's going to do the same thing, but in the vSphere context. And then you know the day after that, I'm going to point it at my cloud running on Amazon, that's got vSphere on Amazon, is going to do the same thing there. It's this idea of you know run once or you know write once, run it on all the VMwares, and uh, and that to me has been. You know, personally I see it as a ton of opportunity and as well uh, a lot of our customers who've been trying to do some really interesting things with automation, like, you know, we have one customer that is trying to do quote Mac OS as a service. Where they have a whole bunch of developers, they have a bunch of Mac pros in their data center and what they're they, they want to get to a place is where someone clicks a button and an automation process happens and then bam, they get a Mac desktop that they can now test and, and do all their automated testing
1: with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, still struggling with this concept, right? Because it's like, okay, get the REST APIs. I get that developers might want to deploy compute resources um, from a Mac Fusion environment that's running a guest OS of some type I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make sense of that. Right? So
0: let, let me let's put it in a different context, right? So one of the popular tools that's out there, i would say there's two tools right now that are really kind of in the forefront of where this kind of matters. And one of them is Docker. Uh, okay. The other one is uh, Vagrant, uh, made by a company called HashiCorp. And um, what Vagrant allows you to do is to have a single text file called a Vagrant file. that sure. says, hey, mm-hmm. this is my application, a so Linux right. application. Yeah. It requires base OS, this kernel version that... PHP library version this, Perl library version that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dependencies all derived as code. Um, and what we can do is, or what what happened previously is, you would say, you command line into the directory and say vagrant up. And what vagrant would do is, it
1: would send API calls to VirtualBox. Okay, so all right, VirtualBox um, yep. to spin up, yep. run a yep. VM, yep. and then do That's all right. the things. Right. So, so I get vagrant, I get that. I guess where I, where I was confused, and I just it just the light bulb went on, <laughs> is that instead of using Fusion, the Fusion environment to just run guest OSs, you're providing a whole set of new services which is run Fusion to be able to get at a, a REST API c- capability to control, yeah, really a DevOps-type service that's exactly. running in Fusion. It's all about so Fusion. fusion I was trying to place it in a VM, going like, why would I run a Fusion instance, put a VM, put an OS there, and then run this stuff? But no, this is just a whole new service that's part of Fusion.
0: Yeah, you can think of it as like every button that Fusion has should be able to be called auto- through automation. Um, everything that the VM right. is should be... Uh, accessible through asking, through through automation, right? It's really about injecting it into the DevOps pipeline. Right. And these pipelines right. are tools and tools that talk to tools right. that talk to tools and say, hey, I did my job, it, next it, job. And it done. makes
1: total sense now because, uh, you know, a lot of developers run on Mac, right? That's, yeah, You're, you're building your stuff, I do it, that, you know, a lot of people do it. But. And
0: that's why we originally made the decision when we did Catalyst to put it on the Mac
1: platform before we put it on uh, Linux and Windows. I did not even know we were doing anything like this.
2: That's 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 pretty that's cool. super exciting. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. it's really great to hear that it's really a subset of the APIs that like a developer is going to consume in the VMware ecosystem. Really, right? right? So the VMware ecosystem of APIs should be this large set of APIs. You know, some of which are most of which are available on vSphere, some of which are available on Fusion, some of which are available on Workstation Pro, and and really it should be like a large amount of overlap. So if I'm just pointing at, you know, whichever product, you know, maybe there's like uh, one or two things that are not supported just because of the platform uh, that that happens to be on. But for in the most part, you know, develop against you know, platform A or platform B or platform C, and the APIs are almost uh, identical.
0: Yeah, based on the context, right? Like if I call and I say, hey, VM, you know, hey, environment, give me the characteristics of this VM, I, I should expect CPU, RAM, disk store disk OS type whatever a, a certain blob of data right right whereas if I say hey which data store is this going to be on I'm going to get a different result from vSphere than I'm going to get from fusion or workstation fusion or workstation because I here's a file path you know esX is going to say it's on this data store over here in this right whatever.
1: right okay. I did have a question on fusion that came in through the chat so I thought I would just I'll just ask it. It's it's not on topic here, but you know, if, if I wait too long, the guy, poor guy's gonna sure. jump off chat. So I'll, I, I'll I'll go to a uh, number one feature request for Fusion. Add an option to to not update the VM tools after a Fusion update. I don't know why he wants that. Um, he's still here. He might be able to. Yeah. Add that.
0: So I I dig that. I can see the reason. You know, which is like I just need to have consistent space inside the VM, but. I continue to update the host clients. Um, that makes sense. Uh, tools inherently is backwards compatible. So like newer versions of the client work with newer, older versions of tools, but they don't do the newer things. Um, so that that shouldn't be that big a deal. Or at the very least, there should be a flag that says, leave my, my tools alone. Yeah. I yeah. can do
1: that. All right, there you go. So uh, good there. Uh, so developer piece, any other Fusion stuff that's, Worth mentioning? Yeah. Like I said, this is a huge release. We have a lot of features.
0: So, you know, like the API is a big deal. Um, you know, same thing in the case of Workstation. You have support for VDS, Secure Boot, Credential Guard, running as a VM. Obviously, doesn't make sense host the Mac. But uh, one of the other areas that we did a lot of work on was our graphics. So every year, it's always this, like, back and forth between us and parallels on who's got more graphics support. And, you know, there's two areas that we look at. One, or three, I should say. Uh, one is uh, uh, performance performance. Two is correctness of rendering, how accurate is it to a regular video card. And then three is efficiency and battery power. Uh, so what we did this year is typically the way it works, you know, previously there's, it, there's a GL or DirectX running inside of a virtual machine that gets called to host. Mac hosts run OpenGL. So we have to translate every call that is a DirectX call to an equivalent OpenGL call and then kind of do this back and forth. What we're doing now is, rather than using OpenGL on the host, because Apple has made clear indications that OpenGL is the past and the future is Metal, right. and Metal is their yeah. graphics technology. So mm-hmm. in this release, we are actually, by default, supporting Metal on the hardware layer, on the, on the host layer. Uh, we don't yet have 3D-accelerated Metal support for Mac OS VMs. It's a huge desire of mine, and I'm hoping that because we are growing towards being, quote, masters of Metal on the host, that that will translate to us being able to make it work seamlessly in the guest. But right now where we're seeing the gains are uh, around battery efficiency. Apple does a lot of optimization on the host to make it consume less battery power and Mm -hmm. works with the AMD and Intel vendors Mm -hmm. on the graphics card to to offload stuff and make it more battery efficient. From a performance perspective, we see a lot of performance gains, some very significant performance gains in some areas. Uh, We do see some performance degradation in other areas. This is why we're really anxious and eager to hear from community users over – You know, when you ran it on Fusion 8.8.5, how did it go? And when you put on the tech preview, you know, how did it go? Uh, So far, some, you know, for example, we had a meeting with uh, Alan just yesterday, and we were talking about this. He is running the Unity engine. If you guys are familiar with that, like a video game development engine. And uh, it's a very sophisticated piece of technology, but on Fusion 8, uh, it was crashing, like, every time. And um, they called some function, and no longer does that crash anymore. So the third area is correctness. Does it render? Does it crash? And there are sometimes it, there have been cases where there's an obscure OpenGL shader function that doesn't get translated properly, and it ends up with a black, weird artifact. So, you know, correctness for us is a very important part of that. So we're very interested in hearing how users, you know, does your old app render the same way that it does,
1: you know, sure,
0: right. as it does now, and as well, um, you know, what kind of battery life are we getting out of it? So like I said, across the board, there's some performance gains, a couple of areas that are a little... Less performant, but overall, it's it's a it's a benefit that uh, you know we're still in development, so we're gonna make sure that everything is performing better. That's obviously the goal, but you know one thing at a time.
1: Chromeless. I don't know what you, we call Fusion when you run without the with all of the oh, without headless. Yeah. Headless. Um, not headless. I, I'm just t- yeah, oh, you know, UI, full you screen mean? versus just objects that are showing um, on my Fusion. Oh, like, Unity. Yeah, yeah, Unity. Yeah. Sorry, that's the word. How's unity doing these days? I haven't used it in a while, it's but it's
0: great. You know, it's, it's still there. We, we continue to make it work. Um, it's a very complex feature. I will say it, it requires a lot of engineering resources. Um, you know, it's, it's remarkable how we have to like we follow the desktop window around and then we pipe a part of it to our rendering engine and obfuscate the rest of it. And you know, it's a very clever trick that we, that we kind of did originally. And, uh, with Windows 10, it ends up being a little easier because the way they render the desktop is just a little bit different than how it got done in years past. It's SVG, and the, the desktop and the background are kind of decoupled, so it allows us to have a little bit more of a smoother experience. But,
1: you yeah, guys are separate. laughing me at, the, at the chat, by the way. You're <laughs> calling it Chromeless. but uh, <laughs> either, It's actually not wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, maybe. Um, you only see the guest Chrome, we'll say. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right, right. Um, good features. Uh, yeah um, I like it question another question that was here um, we're flipping I'm just watching chat while while we're talking at the same time somebody else came in and asked this is back on the API thing so if I had some API code to spin up a demo environment on my remote vSphere environment I could put that put that point that same code within reason at my local Fusion workstation on my laptop and produce the same demo environment uh, when the Internet goes bye-bye? That's the goal. All right.
0: Now, right now, the API is only in Fusion, not workstation. We're going to, you know, we definitely want to have it on both. Uh, but, yeah, that's the goal. Okay, good. Uh, Today probably wouldn't work that way. You know, the API is uh, it's new. Um, it's not something that we would recommend putting in production by any stretch. Um, there are there are some some thorny sides around it, right? Like as far as the API calls and go, those are pretty solid. There's nothing there's nothing to do about that. But for example, the server itself, the daemon uh, socket is not HTTPS; it's straight HTTP. Um, and as well, there's no authentication, so a user could hit the port, hit the hit the IP, hit the port, and run a bunch of commands to destroy VMs. And, and you know, we would, we would listen to that. So it's really just for test it, experiment with it, work locally with it, um, and then as we start to iterate this and we productize it. Then you're going to see more, you know, the, necessa- the necessary right. features like you know, security and, of course, the cross-platform. Platform. I
1: think they're just looking for a backup to their demo world, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, a great use
0: yeah,
2: case. Yeah, I dig yeah,
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that's terrific, Yeah, nice, nice. Um, there's uh, the guest twelve came back uh, creating a new the snapshot guy uh, tools and mm. and tools. Um, he was just more annoyance, especially with snapshots and restoring them every time it wants to update the the tools. Yeah,
2: I can understand that. If, the, if, the, if there is a
1: requirement that
0: you know the guest needs to be immutable, um, at least in the case of drivers, you know, we should have
1: a flag that respects that. Right. I, I, don't, I don't see that. Being so I know you guys are blogging a little bit. Or, or, go ahead. You have a you have something. No, no, I transition to that. Like mm-hmm. so, you guys are blogging a little bit about what's new, right? And and the tech preview, I think. Right? Yeah. So uh, you know, William Lamb did a lot of.
0: For us, um, you know, and we, we also blogged on uh, the BMTN blogs, like the community blogs, blogs.vmr.com, both Fusion and Workstation. Um, I also blog on my own personal site, which is MikeRoySoft.com. Uh, it's like my Twitter handle, <laughs>
1: Is it M-I-K-E? Hey, this guy gets it. <laughs> so,
0: mikeroysoft yeah, How many times do I have to spell that? Out? <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: you. And it is M-I-K-E, Mike, yep That's your Twitter handle, at Mike and then the blog is at uh, micro, microsoft.com dot, dot com. yeah
0: so no i post plan. some stuff that you know might be a little uh, a little <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry i'm just losing it here <laughs> i missed the joke i was i was watching chat and that what's the, the joke just because it's your own is soft. That's what. That sounds
2: like Microsoft. Oh, got it.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't follow. I got it now. No, That is some, funny. It's Microsoft. Thing. Microsoft. Perfect. No, that's because I'm looking at the text, reading it. I didn't. You just have to listen to it. Then you go, okay, Microsoft. Yeah, so I'm pretty active in the community, and what I do is um, I'll put stuff on my blog that is a
0: little thorny or stuff that I wouldn't consider official or things like that. Sure. You know, like for example, I I maintain a couple of GitHub pages, and we had some fixes for installing uh, the High Sierra beta. Um, You know, if you put that on, then it would, you know, when you drag it on the fusion, it creates a DMG or takes the DMG and creates a bootable app and whatnot, and (laughs) then you boot from it. Yeah. Um, So what I did was I wrote like a GitHub thing and uh, that. That fixed the problem that we had, and I released them. I was like, "Hey, you can do this thing. It's hacky. You have to go in and let's place this file and do this and do that." Right? Right. So I get into the the yeah. nitty gritty details. Yeah,
1: it's funny, to be you know, just on the side, you know, we run the blog program. We have you know eight hundred, nine hundred bloggers. We have maybe a hundred corporate bloggers, and we have community bloggers. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell Elsa May, who joined our, our team, you know, kind of replacing John Troyer from the days old since we've had a full time blog person that's just running the blog programs. So it's like our job is to protect bloggers because bloggers will go out and do things that the corp wouldn't necessarily bless, like, hey, here's how you fix this, this is what you can do. That mm-hmm. we're not willing to talk about, but the bloggers will go out and our job is just to run interference and protect them so that they don't, you know, get in trouble. And we get a call a month from somebody, some manager somewhere going, Hey are they allowed to do this? And we're like, <laughs> Yep. See, our, if you look at our blogger policy, we actually publish. Here's what all the bloggers are allowed to do, right? And we we publish that. Not here's what you need to do to stay out of trouble. No, we don't. We don't write our blogger policy that way. We write our blogger policy that says here's what corporate has to allow them to do, right? And it just makes sense yeah.
0: because, A, it, there's, there's a confidence level in the community that you're not being fed lines of BS when, you know, you, 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 can, you can tell yeah. the difference right? Right. when you're getting the real truth from the, from the technical folks. Right. Um, right. But right. it also does a lot for um, for learning. Like, I mean, for me, I know I learned so much about everything I know like V-Sphere from Yellow Bricks, you know, sure. the Duncan Ethink's blog, and, and Virtual right. Ghetto from William Lamb's blog.
1: So, so we, we need to get you, you know, more exposure because I didn't even know that MicroSoft was a place to go for workstation Infusion. Here's a guy that's, you know, talking about it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, giving you to my, my, my my VMTN expert. Right. <laughs> my expert request. So. Right. Um, well, good. We're doing some some interesting graphics for VMWorld this year where we're we got some cool stuff with exposure of names of. Key blogs in, in in the graphics, and so I'm gonna uh, I'll see if we can get you in there. So, that we would be We are very good. excited about the Emerald. We have a, a bit of a surprise for our users there. Are you doing sessions? Are you going to have yeah. a, a sessions this year?
0: So I'm having I have to, I have one session. We do like a master session with Fusion and workstation. Okay. Doing that both at the uh, US and in Barcelona, and I'll be doing
1: both of them. All right. So then here's the two dollar question. Do you know your session ID? <laughs> No. Because <laughs> you can search on it, right? It's, very, it's, so
0: it's the only one about Fusion
1: workstation. So, yeah, or you can, can probably just search on Mike Roy, M-I-K-E-R-O-Y. Uh, it'll be and Michael. Right? It'll be Michael there. Yeah. See, that's where it's confusing. Now you oh, got to um, remember Ma, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. You know, I became an adult, and suddenly I was like, Michael, I, right, that's the way we're going to go, but my domain name it but But,
0: but Michael's
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Okay, so you've got to be at VMworld. You're going to yeah. be talking. It's all one session for Workstation and Fusion. Right. right, so we're going to You're be running doing some it. pretty cool demos. We're going to be showing off right.
0: what we've built. Uh, right. you know, we we'll are talk a little bit about where we're going. Uh, by that point, we will have uh, made some announcements about what we're doing for the rest of the year. Um, right. We are very excited because there's going to be a. Uh, so last year we, we did a big giveaway. Right? We gave everybody that came to VMworld uh, a copy of Fusion and/or Workstation.
1: Yeah, I know there were a lot yeah. of. Yeah, there was just. I know we gave away Fusion 7 cards back in the day. So yeah, always do that. a no. good, easy way to get a, a Fusion license if you end up being M World. We're getting those right. printed right now. Nice. Um, yeah, you know, it's always a preview activity. But no, it's a self, I need, We need a few of those. I right? feel <laughs> yeah. well, like they have. Those are like excellent better gift for cards. You this year. Even better than gift cards this year.
0: So, you know, I'll, I'll be transparent. We're not going to be giving away uh, the same right. giveaway that we did last year. That was a very okay. expensive giveaway. I'm right. not going to lie. Um, but we, so traditionally we sold Fusion and Workstation. Originally, it, you could buy it in the store. You can go to the Apple store yeah, and uh, right. buy it. that's right. I remember the days. Sure. And yeah. You can go to Fry's and get a box copy. That's how
1: I explained to my family that I worked at an important company because yeah. we could walk yeah. into the Apple store and say, see, there, there's something that we make. Right. It, it's totally exactly right. right. Like, Totally. Um, that's how you validated the company? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's in, it. That's Apple right. My kids were like, store. dad works at a company that makes something at the Apple store. Wow. <laughs> so that was it. Yeah. yeah, it goes a long way. And,
0: uh, you know, it's it's really nice to have stuff on the desk, but you should see our office. It's just loaded with boxes from years previous, right? But we didn't, you know, we, we stuffed in the boxes a bunch of years sure. ago. Sure. Because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's an incredible cost. But it's usually 10th anniversary this year. So uh, we will actually... Uh, uh, be having a bit of surprise in, in the actual VMware store where you can go and buy T-shirts and stuff like that, where so there will be a physical thing. A thing. A very special thing, collectible thing. A big in a physical thing. It's only going to be right. available at VMworld.
1: Uh, it's right. not available anywhere else. You we'll won't be able to buy it. And so this is going to be EVM worth the flight to Vegas, oh, totally. right? Yeah, to get, to get access to it. You will take this one back physical and go thing. Show it to
0: all your friends. Be like, look what I got, this physical thing, and uh, and it's going to have some, uh, some future bits on it. We're very excited about it.
1: Relevance. Relevance. That's neat. We yeah, you know, we're always looking for ways to increase re- uh registration, right? Get mm-hmm. people to go. So this is yet a, a, another one. But that's uh, now I'm excited.
2: Oh, uh, so is it yeah. is it gonna be shrink wrapped or uh, yep. because uh Okay. great. some
1: shrink wrapped piece of something. Some, and, and yeah, it's a it that's it around uh fusion ten anniversary themed, right? And something. It won't uh tenth year anniversary and it won't be paper.
0: Okay. Nice. Yes. Ah. So I've giving away too much of the goat <laughs> from from that oh. was, was the there guy, is, sure, but, uh There is a
1: there is a sorry, this is funny. Somebody put it on chat. There is a Wikipedia entry Microsoft um, Microsoft versus Microsoft. Yeah, so that um, was
0: around the same time. I, I
1: he was a, he was a Canadian as well.
0: Um, I created it at, at about you know basically the same time it happened. I, I did it, and suddenly that that thing came on. was like oh geez. <laughs> but they they never called me so I was yeah, saying, they, didn't, they didn't bother you. No, yeah, but they yeah, they yeah. first they gave him a bunch of trouble, and they were they were t- giving him takedown notices, and then they gave him a, a lifetime MSDN subscription and like Xboxes yeah, yeah, and that yeah, yeah, of yeah, stuff. They yeah, 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 turned yeah, yeah.
1: into a Microsoft fanboy. So. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right, so we you know, so you're gonna be there. There's gonna be a, the giveaway Fusion 10. We should be able to get some licenses somewhere. Yeah. You know, so if you know, come to my way. session, um, i right. okay. You know, we right. we
0: typically that magic a, session ID that he doesn't know what
1: it is, but yeah, you
0: look it up. The the what's new in Fusion Workstation and uh yeah we
1: we typically give away some some giveaways at that one, so we're we'll be speaking we'll be of giveaways, and this is just barks to another question we're We're gonna be giving away some Amazon echoes, quite a few of them We have the hackathon, okay. Alan is gonna be there, we've got threads on how to how to program uh Alexa, one of the threads of the hackathon is. There's going to be training on how to program Alexa to control your VMs. Oh, am I going to be say
0: Alexa V-Motion between this host and that host? And Pretty you much.
1: You can do, you do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, they already have code that does that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, right? with an API, right. I could be like, fire right. so, up my so, Windows desktop. Fusion. Well, this is where – that was That was my <laughs> leading question. It's like, so I can't – Fusion, you know, are we going to be able to talk to Alexa and, you know, um, control it, for, you know, from that environment? What yeah. a fling. What a fling. What, what a fling. fling. I'm on it. Yeah, all right. All right. Well, there you go. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> excited. at Microsoft. <laughs> dot com
2: because yeah. I'm going to combine that with the fact that I'm going to have an echo in my car. Right? That's, okay. the, that's the uh, that's the your other next thing. thing. We, well, yeah. I I saw it in a blog, right? It, the the echo, uh, or echo dot has the. Media center for your car, yeah, driving you just around.
1: Put, plug it into LTE, and/or if you have like a, you know, like a hotspot or whatever.
2: Hotspot, absolutely.
1: We're we're trying to. We we got an intern working on. Can we make Amazon be a uh, sorry Alexa be a expert? What does she need to know in order to qualify for a the expert award? And you know, can you interact with her as a the expert? I mean,
2: you a got a on that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. We just mentioned to the to the to the to the intern. This is classic. We're like, you know, if you want to do something interesting, you know, you could also help us with this concept. And and the guy completely dropped what he's supposed to be working on all summer, right? <laughs> and has only worked on that ever since, right? Like we didn't mean it that way, but. Uh good stuff we're running up to the uh top of the hour here so anybody uh on the chat or on the call you know we have like 20 people that were on the call here anybody have a a question for Mike before we got like two more minutes left here before we uh you know let him go um, we'll just take a pause here Nobody's everybody's unmuting. No one's unmuting. Everybody's like a question. <laughs> you can actually ask it on the phone. Double checking to make sure didn't forget yep. Yeah. Difficult. We do run these live, so if you want to dial in and ask uh, any guests a question, feel free to do that. Uh, or you can be in the chat like 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 we do have. Um so, so Mike, any any parting words? You're going to be at VMworld. We're excited about that. That's only like four weeks away now. Uh, and and that. Europe, you're going to be you're going to be in Europe as well. I take it. Yep. Same same thing. Session there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah. It's uh, exciting.
0: You know, like you know, all in all, you know, it's been it's been a heck of a couple of years for us. You know, the the public perception was, was, was pretty tough when we had the, you know, the engineering staff change. But what ended up happening was we we've ended up increasing our frequency of releases. Um, we've ended up fixing bugs faster you know we respond to security threats in in hours like not even joking like the stuff from pwn dot the pwn own competition mm-hmm. we had that fix within six hours and we had a patch pushed out in 12 i couldn't believe it um so and all in all it ended up being one of the best things that's ever happened to these products you know nice. i mean it's, yep. definitely it was a rocky kind of road getting to here but given what we've been delivering, especially on the Fusion side of the house, you know, we couldn't be prouder of the work that our teams have been doing both here and across the pond. Okay. Uh, So by all means, grab it, test it, give us your feedback, tell us where, you know, tell us what you love and tell us what drives you crazy.
1: So I meant to ask this and I got another chat question too, so uh, I'll do the chat question first. Will Uh, VM Player be updated as well? uh, It's not a part of the tech preview, but, you know, we're going to update. Yeah. Okay, we'll, and that was my follow-up I, I, question. I will say we what's, are going to have and, a release. All right, and and what's the expectation of a release for after the tech previews? What's the timeline? I mean, I know you can't. I know you can't say for sure. Yeah. All right. He's nodding his head, going, "Yeah. yeah. Don't ask me those questions, Eric. I'm not, <laughs> not going to answer that. Yeah, it's corporate policy. Right. You can't talk right. about a right. release right. Right. But, well. but we can assume that there will be a release within the next year. Now, when yeah, years once, when we've had tech going, previews, we have had releases. Yeah, have releases.
2: <laughs> right. So it's always good. the. the the cadence you see is there's a tech preview and then there's an announcement and then you can almost you know guarantee that every time we have an announcement it's the same fiscal quarter that we actually go GA. So I mean I would say that if
0: you're at DM world you will look for, a for those announcements. That's true. Right.
2: And, uh, although I will I will caution like you know we've we put stuff into tech preview that's never gone GA right, that we've never made an announcement for so um, and it's just not on a, a not on existing mature product. Like
1: and that. I will also caution that in uh, vSphere 5, or you know, tech previews or beta, re- open beta programs, mm-hmm. there were features in there that got recalled and never got released. And right. we had blog articles that went live that we didn't, you know, because people jumped in the tech preview in the beta program, learned a bunch of features, wrote a bunch of blogs, and then when we released, they released the blogs and the features weren't there anymore. So there is no guarantee that what you're engaged with, mm-hmm. you know, in these open programs are what's going to be in the final
0: product. And we declare that, you know, that's, that's part of the, the beta process when you get into the community. like, don't use this on production. Not everything that's here is going to make it. If we find some horrible bug later on with the API, then, you know, we, we won't release it. I mean, it's
1: that's all that little little writing matters. that you say, accept and never mm-hmm. read, right?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> oh, greatest, right? The greatest lie of the internet. <laughs> right.
2: but it is kind of the point, right? Because we've obviously done internal testing, mm-hmm. but, you know, doing testing at scale is going to expose issues that, you know, we can't, we can't test uh, through kind of automated systems. Yeah,
0: it, it works on my machine. It's not a good argument.
2: <laughs> right. We're well, right.
1: We're at the top of the hour, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out one more time. So on our VMTN, our VMware Technical Network, it's our online communities uh, ecosystem, the Fusion and workstation is uh, at HTTPScommunities.vmware.com slash community slash VMTN slash beta slash fusion pro. Dash overview, or even easier, you can just you go Google to the communities,
0: yeah. click the Fusion button in the tab, and right. then click the announcement for the beta community.
1: And then at the same time, you get that whole long URL with workstation dash pro slash overview. Mm-hmm. Uh, go there, be part of VMTM, come online. It's all a whole online environment. If you're not there yet, and uh, go. I'm excited. I'm gonna. Go get, I'm gonna actually go head over involved. there
2: and, and start lurking on the on the yeah. discussions of what yeah. people start seeing.
1: Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm excited like that so,
2: uh, this is shaping
1: up the yes, i guess really taing and I couldn't be much of it. Mike Roy, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, We'll bring you back again uh, when something goes live, and uh, we'll see what we get, but I really appreciate it. And thanks for being a community member. Thanks for blogging. It's always great to see people in person. Thanks for having me. At
2: Mike Roy Soft. At Mike Roy Soft. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) All right, we're going to
1: hit the big stop button now. Thanks for everybody. I think we had like 25, 30 people on the chat today. That's cool. Uh, Always good, and uh, we'll see you again next week. We've got, I think, Linda Britt on the show coming coming to talk all things VMworld. So this is our chance to yell at her and tell her what we want to do better. But she's going to be on, which is great. We'll get to talk to her. She is the senior director who runs all of global events for VMware. So she is the one that makes decisions a lot of the times for the I show. Have, I so. have
2: five emails in my inbox asking me if I know what the backpack is going to look like. Uh, there is a...
1: The, the community team, the, the community team yeah. uh, did a video. I know it's going to be coming out in the next few days of the uh, backpack, of the backpack. Oh, yeah they did about, a cute but here's cute the big one. question though what about the band uh, uh the band yes is. we will get exposed to the band normally we do and that's kind of like you and the uh license the when is it going to ship question <laughs> i just go <laughs> huh <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like you're never going to get that for me until it's, it's time it's going to be imagine dragons yeah, I just have no idea. <laughs> not going to tell, it, can't say, don't know. Maybe if I did know, I wouldn't say until they tell me I'm allowed to say. Right, right. There, There probably will be a ban. <laughs> yep. All right, we're going to hit the stop button. Thanks a lot for everybody joining. We'll see you again next week